This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What did you just say, Matt? <laughs> well, we got an intro first. Let's intro first. I was going to play a Creed song for the Corridor podcast, but then I didn't because it's Creed. <laughs> it is a uh, licensed music. Well, you're going to, and then Matt dropped us a truth I grabbed, a little trivia I dropped bomb. a little bomb on yeah, you guys. Yeah, dropped a bomb. And um, Matt, drop it again because we were rolling. I'm dropping it again for the audience. Um, my mom was in a Creed, a Creed music video uh, <laughs> called "My Sacrifice." My sacrifice. She was the, oh yeah, you do. Was she, do. was she the sacrifice? I guess so. She the <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that music video is about because it has mermaids and a younger version of Scott Stapp, and then an old man version of Scott Stapp. Oh, I don't even know. And what? yeah, she was. My mom was holding an umbrella and the rain if you guys want to go back to that music video and relive your childhoods um my mom was holding the umbrella she had a blue dress on and i auditioned for the kid that's under the car and i almost got it but that son of a bitch some cuter kid got it and i could have been it could have been me man and your real mom is now holding your fake son she's looking over my real son should be here yeah yeah he's not cute enough wasn't pretty enough (laughs) (laughs) not for scott did that Please. immediately catapult your family to international fame and fortune? Believe it or not, no. <laughs> not at all. Oh, uh, shoot. But it was it's cool. It's cool though. It was shot on the Universal uh Studios lot. Um in Florida? Yeah, in Flor in Orlando, Florida. And they flooded the whole park oh my God. for for some of these shots. So freaking Creed, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was just also saying, times. like, so basically we got onto this subject because uh, Jake was riffing I'm on the guitar. I'm just adjusting my focus if you're wondering what I'm doing. I'm just and a, adjusting a my couple focus. of the chords you hit, like, instantly, like, yeah. reminded me of Creed. I was like, are you playing Creed? Mm-hmm. It's like, Welcome back to the Corridorcast. It's episode 97 today. Yeah, you know, Creed is one of those bands that for the last, like, 15 years... I never revealed that I used to really like. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. I think I was in like fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade when I was like, Creed's cool. Dude, I jammed to some Creed. Creed wasn't man. that bad. It's just, they, yeah. Yeah. No music one, was good. No one knew they were a Christian rock band. Yeah. And then like it came out, they're a Christian rock band. And everybody's like, oh, that's not cool. They were the right. Trojan kinda, horse kinda of kill, Christian rock. It kind of kills the whole rock and roll vibe, you know? Yeah. Like if yeah. you, you know, if, if you want to sing gospel songs, you know, go ahead. But, but the whole like, Posing as a rock band while you're yeah, doing it yeah, kind of goes yeah. against the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing. Wasn't there the but okay, Scott Stapp was uh-huh. his name? Yeah. Did, wasn't he? Didn't wasn't there like a leaked like sex tape of his or something like that? I don't know. Where, like oh. there's a oh, bunch saucy. of women around him and he just looks straight at the camera and is like, "It's good to be king." <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I've never seen it. That. I just read about it one time in an article at some point in the last decade. I believe that, it. I that, that fact stuck in my head. I was like, what? <laughs> he was a rock star, man. I mean, like, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> and just I have riding no that idea. wave of Christianity. Yeah, in the Creed Christian Nickelback rock. era. You yeah. know, they should really just team up with Nickelback and go on tour, I think. Yeah, they should. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Well, double that feature. Would, yeah, that would be the ultimate. Didn't Nickelback do like the main song for Spider Man? It wasn't Nickelback. It was uh, it was like the lead singer's like oh, yeah. yeah. Was that the second Spider Man movie? And it was it was the lead singer of Nickelback with another band. Or Spider Man, hero. That's right, hero. <laughs> God, that was, the worst, that was the worst. That was the time for mm, rock and Wait, roll. Wait, not yeah. not 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 the Foo Fighters song, right? 
No, the only a hero can save oh, us. Oh, right, right. <laughs> that's right, that is. Because there's that's a really wild. good Foo Fighters song called My Hero that's, you know, yeah. of the same era. Yeah. And I, I was hoping it wasn't that, because that would have really killed the, the Foo Fighters vibe for me. <laughs> yeah. Thank God they got past that one. <laughs> All right, do we need an intro here? Should I play an intro, or did we just do it? I mean, I we can. We just just play us a song real quick. Okay. There you go. Oh, thanks. Sweet. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, so today was kind of a big day in the studio. Not kind of. Today was actually a real big day in the studio. Ooh, yeah. Yes, it was. Every day is a big day in the studio. But uh, today we had Scott Adkins come in and join us for Stuntman React. And founder very... of the Adkins diet, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, no, surely no, not, right? No, okay. he's not. <laughs> okay. um, you had me going there. You had me in the first half. <laughs> Freddie uh, Freddy put it well when he said, Scott Adkins is probably one of the three best active like martial artists on film in the world. Mm. Um, Did he say that on the couch? Because Freddie was a co-host. Yeah, Freddie was a co-host today. Um he did not. He said on the couch before Scott was here, before you we were filming. Um, but it's like it's like you have Tony Jaa and the guy from the raid and Scott Atkins. <laughs> wow, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, there's more. Obviously, you know, it's like and obviously Jackie Chan's like still doing some acting and stuff. But in terms of like you know guys that are out there actually doing the fight scenes and whatnot, like, yeah, Scott is really up there. And, what, what are some examples of like his most well known work? Um, so he has this uh, this series called Undisputed, um, which is a pretty well-known like thing. It's like a kickboxing, like a Russian underground kickboxing, like prison fighting movie. Okay. Um, but he's like, he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's like a bad guy in a lot of movies. Um, he was in the Expendables two. He was in it man four. Mm. He was, uh, he fought Tony jaw, um, in a couple things. Oh, he um, was in it man four. Yeah. He's the main bad guy in it man four. Oh my God. He is. <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's like super accomplished and he shoots like four movies a year. It's like he's just out there doing stuff. And like, dang, it was really, really, really encouraging to hear him talk about. It. He's like, I just was really into martial arts films when I was a kid. So I wanted to do it. And that's what I did. And it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. You just said, does he, does he say it with a cool accent though? Oh, yeah. Cause oh, he's definitely. like uh, British or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got like this like British or whatever. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's like, oh, no, he's Welsh. Actually, it's like, I don't know the difference. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. No, I don't I don't know if he's Welsh. I'm just okay. saying like um, but he also has like this like solid like baritone raspy voice, which is obviously a great asset to have if you're an actor as well. So he's like this all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the other cool thing about him is that he he has a YouTube channel where he, he's doing a very similar thing to what we're doing, but just like deeper dives into action. And once again, it's like, imagine if Matt Damon had a YouTube channel where he talked about like the ins and outs of acting and had like guests on every week. And he just did it because he was into it. Like, that's what this guy is doing. But he's in the martial arts, you know, yeah. cinematography world. It's like there's such a level of authenticity that like is so encouraging to see others out there that like have found success. But they're still like really nice, good, wholesome people who are doing it because they actively are like in love with what they do. It's like, oh, it's, yes, it's so yeah. good. The world still has good people in it. All right, yeah. I got to know. Did you roast Eric? We uh, we didn't roast Eric Linden because we didn't have a fight scene that we could pull up that was like a specific example. Um, I did pull up two of our uh, fight scenes that we did, hoping to have them roasted. And Scott just told us that we did a good job. Wow. <laughs> He's like, these are Damn. actually legitimately good. You guys did a great job filming it. I really like them. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I feel like an asshole Bam. roasting you. <laughs> Uh, dude, that, yeah. that bit in uh, in the uh, high fall video where it like zooms in on you and you're like, yeah, sometimes I just I feel like I'm not supposed to be on the couch. <laughs> and, you know, I got to do a real stunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm surrounded by Guy and Aaron Tony. Like literally yeah. both the Black Panthers are on the couch beside me. I'm like, Hi, I'm Nico. <laughs> yeah, not just both of the Black Panthers. All the Black Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh stunt, Falcon as stunt, well. Falcon, sorry, uh Black yeah. Panther stunt guys. Yes. Yeah. R.I.P. Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Yes. But uh also it's funny not to hit too retarded attention here. We're gonna take a quick turn because you mentioned uh uh the box fall video. Hey, I, I became a meme for a little bit. 
I yeah. love that movie so much. It is so yeah. good. The moment I saw the first one, I was like, yes. Yeah, I'm so glad it's picking up some it's traction, making the rounds around around Reddit. I, I'm just gonna pull it up real quick because I think know. I only saw one. It's been it's been Jordan, memed. It's been memed a lot on Reddit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan, Jordan posted posts, one. Yeah. That is, yeah. I don't know if you can see this clearly. But hey, it, everybody, today's a big day for me because I'm going to be jumping off the roof of this building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you lead in with some text, as all memes do. And it's like me, Colin, accidentally calls my teacher mom. It's a big day for me. I'm going to jump off the roof of this building. <laughs> I don't know who made that meme, but it's amazing. Yeah, what, so uh, many on the corner subreddit put it together, yeah, started it, and then so kind perfect. of took off from there. But just. <laughs> Makes me really happy because like a lot of other people have had memes like man you've been in a bunch of memes Sam even got memed my favorite meme from Corridor honestly it's an old one and it's Sam like sitting in this like weird rundown lot where you're we filming sync or something like that and it's just a bit of wisdom he says you buy a man a console he'll game for a generation you teach a man to build a PC he'll game for a lifetime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one makes yeah. the rounds on like r slash gaming every now and then or a yeah. PC master race yeah <laughs> uh ren you got i told you this story but i'll tell the audience uh ren got used in a natty one my wife was in a group text with a bunch of people oh, and yeah. somebody used a, a meme of ren saying something <laughs> like like oh really or yeah or, oh really I'm like, i think it, i'm kind of impressed or something i forget yeah, what it, i said it was I don't something know. like that <laughs> and uh yeah they didn't know that you know wendy and knows <laughs> you obviously they just used it yeah but yeah, so so Scott Atkins came in and like every once in a while we get like where somebody joins us in the studio or we're around somebody who like exudes like this extra aura of like being extra human. It's like human plus like when <laughs> yeah. we did the uh, the Tom Cruise deep fake, like the guy that came in. Uh, I can't remember his name. Evan. Evan. Evan that's Evan. right. Yeah, Evan. Like we all felt like we met Tom Cruise because Evan had that vibe, that energy, that aura. Yeah. And like Scott Atkins, like possessed not not the Tom Cruise aura, but just like that heightened. Like man, you're like a human being. That's <laughs> when like I a met little Scott bit Atkins. I felt like I had met Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he had, he had a level like of wisdom and charisma and authenticity, but also like just somebody who's been like so true to their vision that like it just yeah you feel like you're you can feel like this extra little bit of energy coming off them which is cool not to get all like woo wooey but yeah it, it was really neat and probably the the coolest thing was that he comes into place he's like looking around, he's like oh hey cool just happy to be here and he like looks at me he's like you really know what you're talking about in the stuntman react episodes i'm like, <gasps> <laughs> <It's> like really <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I did notice like both me and Freddie did a lot less joking this time around because like we both were trying to like you know kind of act like we knew what we were talking about and impress Scott a little bit like there weren't like the goofs and gaffs quite as much as just us trying to act like you know insightful oh and put God. out good questions I saw a comment at some point I forget where it was but someone pointed out that when we have guests on for VFX artists react I at least tend to be less joking as well it's yeah. like not not less joking but a lot less like me <laughs> yeah, yeah just like like wild card me right mm -hmm. when we have a guest on and it's like it's very true though it's like all right i'm sitting next to like someone who's pretty legit i don't want to just like <laughs> embarrass myself by being me yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sure it's different than just like friends on a couch yeah, talking I mean, about vfx if freddie's yeah, there i'll goof serious. around with freddie that's no big deal and of course like when it was you me and clint we would goof around all the time that was like mm -hmm. a lot of what made this show special and having a, a guest on is special too just a different kind of special <laughs> yeah i noticed both we all offer up a lot less information when we have guests on like legit guests like we'll we'll ask questions but we're we're way less inclined to like throw out a, like here's how they did this shot and you're like it's like i'm not here to tell you this stuff for this episode right. the guest well, is that, here to tell yeah. you that stuff i mean that's the point you know like you don't you don't want to step into where the guest space is there to offer yeah, you yeah. know the 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 video gold that effectively they have to offer to people. It would be kind of weird if you invited somebody like that on, and then we're like, okay, Scott, let me tell you how this was done. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh... and, and it's not even like that stuff doesn't happen. I feel like on the cutting room floor, it's like we want to focus on the guest, you mm -hmm. know, more more than anything. Like, yeah, sure, you guys throw things out there, um, and that's great, but. Usually what ends up in the cut is the stuff that, you know, the guests are saying and you guys are bouncing off of. Yeah, Can you imagine if all the episodes of Hot Ones were just, uh, I forget the guys, the main host. Yeah, Sean, Sean Evans. Evans. Sean, that's right, Sean. He's just asking them to ask him questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, Nico brought up that point and I think it's pretty good. It's like, 
it's not just a matter of uh trying to do things for camera as much as just like here's someone who actually knows some of this uh some of the back end type stuff for what we're looking at i have real questions and i have real <laughs> desires to learn what this person knows yeah, yeah so for sure. i think a lot of that ends up coming across on camera as opposed to us goofing around because it's like it, 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 who like sam or nico on the couch like <laughs> i might have a real question but chances are i already know what they're gonna say <laughs> yeah you're just as versed in the stuff as we are at that point because <laughs> our skill sets are the same <laughs> we all do the same thing well, bringing other... someone who works in the industry their skill set's gonna be a little different yeah even right. if we're all doing effects and the other reality of it too is like even though we've like we've are we have arguably quote-unquote been working in the industry for you know our 10 years now like youtube just isn't the same industry you know like youtube yeah. is not viewed the same as like doing movies um and so it's just it's not quite the same legitimacy as like somebody who's shot films or somebody who's done TV shows or that kind of stuff. Even if we've all shot the same amount of hours of content, it just has a different vibe to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, back in the early days of VFX Track, like the first year, so not exactly early days, but I would definitely see some salt online from like VFX yeah. artists who are like, I don't know what the right word for it is. Not bitter, but kind of mm. like that. We're like getting the success of, of views and whatnot when they think we just don't know what we're talking about because we've never been in the trenches oh. you know working 80 hour weeks in a yep. in a working on some movie mm. coming out because the deadline is like in a month and but we can totally relate to the working hard part we've definitely pulled those long hours but not in that pipeline not in that workflow Oh, hey guys, Brandy O'Daniel here, back with today's sponsor, Storyblocks. Now, I've brought out these blocks, these play blocks from my childhood, because I thought there'd be no better way to teach you guys about the wonders of Storyblocks than to use these blocks right here. So first example, okay, you got Stonehenge, right? That's where we're gonna get to. But before you get to Stonehenge, all you have are stones. These stones are roadblocks to you and your final product. But because Storyblocks is the one-stop shop for all your stock asset needs, you take these stones and you turn them into Stonehenge. That's right, do you see this? Now all of a sudden you can pass through using Storyblocks' high quality 4K B-roll, audio, motion graphics, images, and more. And you can pass from the roadblock, right, to the Storyblock. They also are constantly updating their library. They have a virtually unlimited library. So anytime you come to a roadblock, you can go back onto Storyblocks and everything that they have on there is gonna be new and different for you this time around. With a Storyblocks unlimited all access plan, you can use unlimited amounts of anything that they have on Storyblocks for your videos royalty free. It doesn't matter if it's a commercial, right? It doesn't matter if it's a YouTube video or an Instagram video or even a movie. It doesn't matter. You can go ahead and use anything on there, download as much as you want, whenever you want. So anyway, if you guys are interested, all you have to do is click the link in the description below or head on over to storyblocks.com slash corridorcast and you can get started. That's storyblocks.com slash corridorcast and now back to the podcast. I'm gonna go down here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think that's common, though, like mm-hmm. on, on YouTube specifically. Um, people's, people have show formats that blow up and then... There's a lot of, I think, especially when they initially blow up, there's a lot of hate around that format because you perceive the person as a, they, they just kind of got this success or they didn't, they Mm. didn't put in the work, you know, cause it's, it's such a non-traditional pipeline to, you know, notoriety or what Mm. have you that I think that happens a lot. I mean, I can tell you even personally, like when, I mean, this was, this was about, this was a little while after Mr. Beast had already blown up, but I remember me being salty about that. Oh, I remember because, that too. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, what is, you know, what has he done? You know, but then I went, <laughs> I went and you guys were like, no, really dig into his content. And I really went in and I dug into his content. And I was like, no, this guy, 
knows his format and he knows what he's doing, even though it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's just this dude, you know, <laughs> and, and who's doing all this crazy stuff. But he's he's you know, he's if you if you add up all those hours and you add up all that time, it's like there's a wealth of knowledge there that that he had to do and go through to get to where he is. Mr. Yeah. Beast, uh, I think Jimmy is his name, right? Jim- no. Uh, no. I thought Jimmy. it was the J. Anyway, Mr. Beast, he's one of those guys who seems like an idiot, but is actually kind of a genius. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has this right. era uh, this uh, of, like... Aura. Aura. Yeah, that was like... I said era. I was like, that's not <laughs> right either. God dang it. <laughs> of, like, kind of just, like, aloofness, nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, 10K. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like i was like i'm oh, sure yeah, 100k yeah, whatever uh but it's like that it's intentional you know it's yeah. like there's there's a lot of uh you know strategy behind how he acts and also i, I few people have experimented as much as he had with has experimented with formats mm-hmm. right yeah he spent a lot of time just throwing a lot of stuff at the wall until eventually a couple things started clicking and he started just building on that and like the effects artists really, react yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is with, like, with VFX artists react, you know, back to like the being in the trenches thing. Like Sam and I did, we did make a tour through those tr- trenches a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we haven't obviously done it as much as like people have been in the industry for a long time. And maybe that's where like a little bit of the like divide comes into or it's like, imagine, you know, you're in World War One, you're like, wow, look at these trenches. This is pretty nuts. Cool. I'm gonna leave. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that same attitude applies to uh, how they view freelancers as well. I mm-hmm. think it's about the camaraderie of being at an actual like house, like you know, maybe not necessarily ILM, but like you know, Method, uh, MPC. I can't think of any uh, other houses right now. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, like all these you know visual effects companies that hire you know couple hundred people and so you got like these rows and rows of desks of people just working long hours doing effects i've never once had a desire to join one of those companies it was mm-hmm. never something i wanted to do but i wanted to be a vfx artist uh after i got of course within two months of graduating college with a completely different degree but <laughs> did you I, get your degree i did yeah no i i have the diploma <laughs> or rather i have the degree and have never once used the diploma do you know where it is <laughs> i do yeah. it's in a box in oh, my house nice. <laughs> but sick. i mean <laughs> yeah, sick, bro. i guess what i'm getting at is you know i i feel like they feel that they have battle scars that they've earned and maybe they identify that we are guessing about something that they know is wrong mm-hmm. and they can just you know put that up to are inexperienced in that setting. But that doesn't mean we're inexperienced with visual effects. Right. The flip side of this, though, <laughs> is that I feel like people start kind of expecting us to kind of be not just VFX artists, but like incredible VFX artists. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of problematic. Yeah. <laughs> as demonstrated by uh, the Terminator 2 video that came out recently. Well, and, and also compared to delivering shots that you know, what they're comparing to are whole houses full of yeah. You know, yeah. people, VFX artists. I just, you know, uh, I, instead of like three guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It can. Well, the, the other side of that is like, now because VFX artists has been, React has been so uh, successful, like that is kind of our brand to a lot of the public. It's like, oh, we're yeah. VFX artists. Like, in reality, I consider myself a filmmaker, mm-hmm. you know, first and foremost. Um, you know, I'm as much a VFX artist as I am a cinematographer. Like, right. It's, these are all just tools and things I need to do to be able to make stuff. And I think that's what made the VFX artist react series for myself, at least why it worked for me is that I could approach it, not just as a VFX artist, but as a filmmaker, as an artist, as mm. an audience member, as a fan, as a, you know, as a million different things mm-hmm. and give it all those perspectives. So it's not just being viewed from within the one box, but from the entire picture, um, which is what you do too, as well, you know, Ren. And, uh, you know, we all we all we all bring different like angles towards it that aren't just VFX React angles. Uh, I mean, it's it's as simple as like bringing the whole like physics side of you know VFX. Um, like you don't necessarily have a lot of physicists that are also visual effects artists. You don't necessarily have a lot of musicians that are also visual effects artists. You don't have a lot of actors that are also <laughs> visual effects artists. I will say I know a physicist, a theoretical physicist, who is also a pretty good visual effects artist. Really? <laughs> His name is Henry, and he runs the YouTube channel Minute Physics. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know Henry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Henry Reich. He's also yeah. a very good fiddle player. Yeah. 
That's right. Yeah. 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 I'll never forget okay, the time so... you guys were playing at VidCon and you started playing. I think it was you started mishmashing the Game of Thrones song with, with uh, the Skyrim. Skyrim song. Yeah. I just remember thinking this is the coolest song I've ever heard live. Oh my god. <laughs> so along the line of fiddle players, um, I think that there's an analogy here. The hmm. traditional VFX houses are like an orchestra. You mm -hmm. know, it's like a bunch of people and you have first chairs and you got second <clears throat> chairs and you got <clears throat> people that are just there to try to get one of the chairs. <clears throat> and then we're like a we're like a banjo band. You know, we're like a, <laughs> we're like a ragtag. We got a fiddle. We got a banjo. We got a guitar slide. You whistle. Know, maybe there's a guy that plays the <laughs> slide spoons whistle, and the whistle. whistle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're now, like that. That music can be interesting, but it's never going to be the same thing as orchestra. An orchestra will never be the same thing as fiddle music. Mm -hmm. Or like, not. Yeah, to to add on that, I think we're more of like a banjo band, and all of us know how to play a bunch of different kinds of guitars. You know, yeah. it's like we can play yeah. a bunch of different guitars, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're that good at any of those guitars specifically. <laughs> yeah, we might... like, we're not all Joe Satriani, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But we know how to do three chords in the truth, you know, and, and, and get and get the message out there, the song and people see it and they're like, oh, that was really good. And then the orchestra's like, oh, gosh, it's so ghastly. How could they, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's it. You know, to be fair, there are also a lot of other VFX artists at these places that do enjoy the channel. Oh, and, you I, know, OK, yeah. you are totally right. Nico. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not trying to just rag on yeah. all the hardworking full time VFX artists out there. In my creating <laughs> Mozart symphonies. No. Yeah. Damn in my, them in their symphonies. <laughs> from the people I've actually talked to uh, in the professional industry who have worked, like, you know, I've talked with artists at ILM, at MPC. Uh, their general perception is appreciation for what we do because we are, you know, making visual effects not just more understandable to the general public, but also more fun. Mm -hmm. And I, there's a lot of value in that. I think we're, I think we've probably inspired a lot of people to get into this industry that wouldn't have otherwise. And and that's really cool, I that yeah, that's, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> no, I think that's super cool too. Like I'm, I hope we can encourage people to you know get turned on to arts and passions that they're like into and follow those things. And you know every person that comes along that we can help even just a little bit in that regard is like I mean that makes it all worthwhile. You know, um, I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, so be right before I was going to college. Um, I was talking to my grandma and she's a, you know, a really nice person, uh, super sweet, or she was a really nice person, super sweet. She passed away last year. Um, uh, and I wasn't expecting to do this, but she challenged me. She goes like, all right, Nico, you're a smart guy. Why aren't you going into medicine? You'd be helping a bunch of people. You know, why are you going into film? And like, she had been super supportive up to this point. I was like, I was totally not expecting her to be like, what the heck? Why are you oh, doing this? Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like, a, uh, and I had to pause for a moment because she had basically challenged me like, you know. Any, anybody out there who's like, you know, hardworking and smart and, you know, going out there to do things like what are you doing for the betterment of everybody else? You know, why why aren't you doing this for somebody else? What why aren't you doing things for other people? And there's a pause there. It's like, well, I think with filmmaking, I can entertain people and, you know, inspire people and, you know, tell stories and help people find, you know, those, those truths about the human condition. You know, obviously I'm like half BSing my way through this question, <laughs> but all slightly sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, good answer. Um, but I, there's a moment where, you know, it's a little bit less about my answer to her and more about pausing and thinking about like, that is something I need to think about regardless of what I'm doing, whether I'm doing filmmaking or whether I'm going to go off and try to become a research scientist and come up with a cure for a disease. Like what is it that I'm doing with my time and efforts that's going to help other people? And like now pausing here and like looking back at what we've done with YouTube, like we've gotten enough messages and emails from people that said like, hey, you helped me get into my my job or you helped me find my passion where it's like, yes, I did it, grandma. I pulled it off. Actually, I called her May May. <laughs> I did it, May May. So, yeah. Uh, and then and then uh, and then a the the sound of John F. Kennedy's inaugural speech comes on and he asks <laughs> To, to it, what you can do for your country and not what your country can do for you in this decade. <laughs> yeah. Decade. Right, every time anyone mentions that, I have to say in this decade, in this decade. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's been an amazing run so far and, uh, I can't wait to see what the next year of it brings and who we can get on and, you yeah. know, how we can take it even further. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. 
No, it's been it's been really cool. I mean, it's crazy because like you know today was a big day. Scott Atkins came in, but it's like I guess I was on vacation last week. But the week before was a big week. I jumped off the roof of the building. You know, it's like every week comes with like a crazy thing here. And like after calling your teacher mom, (laughs) after calling my teacher mom, I jumped off the roof of the building. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's like everything's been like this whole being able to do something new every week can be a blessing and a curse and it all kind of depends on how you look at stuff. But I've, I've found it at least right now to be very much a blessing to be able to like explore something fresh, uh, frequently, uh, a week at a time because so many other people are grinding on something for so long and they're tired of it and they're done with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's like sometimes, yeah, it'd be nice to look at a, a project for months and work on it and just like, you know, make that one thing as cool as you can make it like, yeah, it'd be fun. But like, you know, do not take it for granted that we get to have the variety that, you know, that our life has right now. Because variety is the spice of life, as they say. Yeah. As they say. Yeah. <clears throat> One helps the... my ADHD a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the Never things played. that I appreciate most about this job is what you're talking about, Nico. The, the ability to, like, do all these different things all the time. But also, I'm, I'm able to, like, you know, lead a lot of these ideas and I really love that. I, I love being able to like come up with an idea and see it through to completion. However, something that I've come to realize is that when you do too much of that, it starts getting, it's, it's a little taxing perhaps, which is why I wanted to do these James Bond effects. Mm. I wanted to put myself Hell in a yeah. situation where I didn't have to make any creative calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to figure out what to do Tell me what to do, and I will do it at least for a little bit, and then I'll go back to like you know, yeah, making these other things. You need a break from that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah it's very it's, mentally taxing. I spent the entire last week and and whatnot just like researching all the solar stuff, and uh, it's just like at the end of it, like it was literally like full time study work, and I'm I'm because it's like it's not just a matter of studying information; it's trying to figure out how that's going to factor in with this other information for the point I want to make. Is this the right point I want to make? Is this the right point in time that I want to make that point? (laughs) Oh, you mean I just have to cut James Bond in half? I can do that. (laughs) Draw on some music, slice him up. Sure. That's the kind of fun creative work that's not too (laughs) mentally taxing, but, you know, has its own problem solving. That's just fun. Well, this has been Matt and I's chance to take the lead on it you know yeah yeah i wish i could have done that a little more last week but it's all good yeah i know you were sick but even still what you put what you put together in the initial edit i was able to jump on and leapfrog on and you know and then now you're able to come in this week and take another pass on it yeah Yeah, i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah i think there's something pretty pretty cool there oh i know what we could talk about now oh Topaz. I, I was gonna say it. I was gonna say it too. Yeah, <laughs> so, dude, that's crazy. So there is this program called AI Video Upscale. I think it's got some kind of general name like that, but it's from a company called Topaz. Topaz Labs. Topaz Labs, and they make a bunch of AI image processing apps. They're all like anywhere between one hundred dollars and three hundred dollars a pop. Most of them are for like photography stuff, for like upscaling your image. Uh, denoising it, uh, bringing stuff from out of focus into focus, uh, colorizing it, all driven by uh, machine learning models that are trained on, I don't even know what they trained it on, but they've got this trained model and that is their software now. Uh, One of their programs is basically built entirely around upscaling low resolution footage to high resolution footage. And it works shockingly well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But Matt and I were experimenting with this today and it can break down. Uh, with it's not great for everything yeah. yeah but what it's really good for and what i applied it to today is uh, a very specific uh piece of bts footage from um honey i shrunk the kids uh honey i shrunk the kids the bts anywhere on the internet is super low quality like we're talking like <laughs> 200 pixels it was literally thing. like i think it was 200 by 140 yeah, pixels. 140 or something crazy Ooh. like that in that footage was a scan of probably VHS. Yeah, VHS definitely. Yes, scan. it was scanned, but 100% scanned on a VHS tape. Um, so that's all we were working with. And it was what we would normally look at when we look at footage like that. Uh, as editors, we go, well, we can't use that. We have to figure out a way to like supplement this without using the BTS footage. But we used Topaz. I, I ran it through Topaz, and it totally worked it made it look sharp enough to where we could actually use the bts footage as supplements for what we were talking about on honey i shrunk the kids wow. and what it, it was uh 
It was great. It's a very useful tool for stuff like that. What are the um, fallbacks of it? So some of the fallbacks are the fact that like it is still, I mean, Nico, you could probably touch on this better than I can. It's still like, it can't make anything. It doesn't already understand. And sometimes it will like, let's say I was working on this James Bond shot and one of the shots, it like crisped up his face like really nicely. You can kind of tell like when you zoom in, it's more of like kind of a smooth, almost like an oil painting type look to it. But when you zoom back out and look at it wide, it's just the detail is just like very high res and it looks great. But for this other shot, the background was out of focus and it made the background in focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It literally like removes the depth of field. Yeah. But only in sections though. Only in sections, yeah. yeah. Like, like so for the silhouettes of human bodies, it'll make it super sharp, but then right next to it in the background is super blurry, like how the original footage was. So it's like this weird like in focus, out of focus. And background. like it was able to identify machinery that was out of focus in the back and make it really crisp and sharp and stuff like that. And there's... You you were looking at one of the shots from Honey I Shrunk the Kids that it actually even added text to a sign. Yeah, really, that, that didn't was exist. completely out of focus. Yeah, or, huh. or not out of focus as much as just like it was so low quality and blurry that like you couldn't. There wasn't any detail there. Yeah, and suddenly it was a sharp sign. It almost looked like an like a downward facing arrow with mm. a bunch of characters in it, mm. and yeah. it generated those characters because it's been trained on signs, and so. Mm. I bet uh, we were talking like if you were to go actually try to read that sign, I bet it just says gibberish. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was just gibberish. Yeah. And so it's it, but it's it, it recognizes that like, oh, yeah, usually when we look at signs, there's these weird like blocky shapes that look like this. And yeah, it just probably made some random blocky shapes that kind of at a glance look like text, but isn't uh, a lot of that sort of stuff happens. And then more than anything, you see, especially with the that footage blowing it up as much, it gets really weird around the faces mm. and it almost looks like there's mm-hmm. keyframe like iframe type moments yeah. where it's like it's every second, like you can kind of see the image just shift in, in places. Yeah. yeah because, because doing something that's temporally consistent is, is yeah. It was challenging. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So when in, in the world of VFX and filmmaking, you have uh spatial uh, resolution and things like that. So spatial is basically just referring to an X and Y axis thing, AKA your image. You have, you have basically a graph that is colored in with pixels and that's your image. Um, but you know, you're in the world of movies. You don't just work with one image. You work with images over time. So then you have temporal, you know, resolution, things like that. So like, you know, the temporal resolution of a movie is 24 frames per second. The temporal resolution of a shot on the slow-mo guys is like a thousand frames per second. And when you're doing something that has like, say AI upscaling where you're processing an image, you can process a single image. It can make everything crisp. But then the next frame that it processes needs to be temporally consistent with the previous frame. In Mm. other words, your details can't flicker or jump like that sign, for example, you're talking about where it just made a a fake sign out of Mm -hmm. the blurry sign. The the next frame, when it does that again, the same symbols need to be in the same spot. Yeah. And that's a that's a really challenging thing, which, you know, it's one thing to do with images. It's nothing to do with video. And, you know, Topaz Labs, obviously pursuing those problems with Gusto. It's like uh as far as temporal consistency goes, think of this analogy. It's like, imagine you have a hundred frames that you have to rotoscope this person out of or some random shape. And it's like kind of detailed there. If, if it's just one artist working on it, you know, they'll do like the first frame, last frame, and then like work in the middle and like kind of keep things consistent over time, just as naturally as you would as a single artist. But if instead you kicked out that 100 frame shot to a hundred different people, mm-hmm. each working on one frame from the whole sequence and then compile all of your stuff together there's going to be some weird things like maybe one frame this person got really hyper detailed about rotoscoping the gaps between fingers (laughs) and then the very next frame the guy's like mitten (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you should try that and see how it goes (laughs) i mean we know know how it goes that's exactly how it goes you'd you'd end up with this flickering that would be more noticeable than if you just had the mitten around the whole hand the entire time versus like you know, one person maybe did like the Spock hand type deal. And then the other person did all five fingers and the next person did mitten. It's like AI is only looking stuff one frame at a time. So that's where that inconsistency comes from is because it may see and understand an image later on, but it doesn't understand the context of where that image came from earlier on in the shot. Yeah. yeah. Now there are ways to, you know, go about doing this. There's like style transfer to kind of carry things through, uh, 
You can and train neural you, networks temporally. There's uh yeah. One of the big things these days that they have um you can do is called like uh optical flow basically. Uh Optical flow is a really old thing. It's been around for a long it's time. Surprisingly old. Yeah. But basically it's optical flow is a uh, computer. Just, I mean, optical flow is basically how H264 works. The, the codec that we see all the time. It's just going to look at your blocks of color and patterns in the image. And as they move through the image, it's just tracking this one thing and how it moves. So you can basically just have one element and move that one element as opposed to redrawing the element, you know, fresh every single frame. Uh, but opti- you can basically feed an AI optical flow. Then it helps the AI know what object is where and what objects are moving from where and going where and it'll help make things consistent as opposed to thinking that every time your hand's moving across the frame it's a new hand each time mm-hmm. now as far as topaz goes it's it's usually pretty dang good yeah. uh temporally yeah. but there were some some <clears throat> some of the stuff that i was looking at that you did for the honey i shrunk the kids like it got really weird with faces yeah and it's, and it's a great example of like how far you can push it and how you, how far you should push it you yeah know? because <laughs> it granted you weird. were throwing like a worst case scenario the at worst the if you guys want to look up like honey i shrunk the kids behind the scenes and look at you, the youtube videos like it is just absolutely <laughs> unusable <laughs> it's horrible um so the fact that we're able to pull anything from it is pretty 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 insane yeah and um, and the program has a bunch of different models uh, that model that we were using was specifically for like low resolution. Uh, yeah, there's like models and then options within those models you can choose. You can choose like low resolution model and then you can have it go for like compression, like artifacting, blocky artifacting, hmm. or just blurry. Like it was just low quality blurry yeah. footage, hmm. which is different from compressed footage. Yeah. Or like maybe there's some aliasing going on and you got like jagged edges and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, it actually is pretty dang cool. It, is. it, it really has cool. it has different features you can you can sort of refine for yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah you give it a set of parameters that are based on like what your input footage is compared so. to what we've had for the last you know decade or so of basically you can one you can just literally scale up your footage and the program will kind of just blur the pixels together as it scales <laughs> up I I don't exactly know what how that works but instead of seeing the actual blocky pixels just kind of get bigger they kind of like do a uh, like a four point average yeah to, to by cubic some yeah by cubic i think so then after effects released this in one of their new updates a while back they released a detail preserving upscale mm. which is an effect that i've used a lot where basically you apply that and scale that up within the effect rather than the layer of the footage and it does look a little bit crisper like it, it actually is a little bit sharper on some of the details. You could change a couple different options. One of them is by cubic. One of them is detail preserving. You can re- reduce noise, increase the sharpening on details and stuff like that. But it was only ever just as good as what you put in. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't. It's not what, inventing detail. Exactly. And that's where the topaz thing is coming in. It's literally inventing detail. Yeah. Which is nuts when it works. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Man, some of these machine learning tools are so so awesome, and to see them actually now like being utilized in our process is also really cool because we've been, you know, we've been sort of waiting for this and hoping for it and, and watching it evolve for the last few years. But mm-hmm. I feel like it hasn't been until really the last eighteen months where they've yeah. really started to be part of our process. Yeah, and even then, like, very few people are using it. Like, we were doing deep fakes before any studio had, you know, deep fake people. Like, only, like, in the past couple months, I think ILM hired their first deep fake artist, like, two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were using, like, little servers that people put together and just kind of were in some backwater of the internet, you know, to do the yeah. processing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, how little resources are going in from a visual effects company side into like a machine learning machine learning in general like is being used all over the place and i i personally think machine learning is a far bigger like technological impact on society than something like cryptocurrency is don't get me wrong cryptocurrency is interesting but like for the amount of like news headlines that something like bitcoin gets versus Mm -hmm. the amount of news headlines machine learning gets like machine learning is way more of a game changer, in yeah. my opinion. Crypto is just making people a shit ton of money. So that's probably why it's not losing it. Or, yeah, I guess maybe not right <laughs> now. Actually, but... we, 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 we bought the dip today. So we're bought the dip. Good. Yep. Buy yeah. that dip. So, there you go. yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because, uh, <laughs> um, because it's, it's all, it, I mean, most of it's based from, from news from China again, um, which has kind of been the catalyst for some of the, 
the drops that have happened over the last three months. But basically, they they're, they're continuing now with more force to crack down on the use of cryptocurrency. It's it's wild. It's like I don't. Yeah, I guess they see it as a threat or something. But you know, mm. like obviously they. Well, do. yeah, Otherwise, it's not they a centrally crack controlled. Down <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense when they're you know autocratic as they are. Um, but yeah, like uh, that had a, that has this effect, and you know, and then today there was like a huge, huge oh drop. God, but then you're it, right. but then it came back up about twenty five percent from today's. Yeah, this lows. morning, this morning at seven a.m. was a pretty. Pretty sharp dip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, uh, biggest dip in the so far this year. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, other than the fall after the six sixty six thousand level. Yeah. That that fall went down, but yeah. I mean, like as as in terms of like an all time low. Obviously, not an all time low, but like the lowest it's been this year. Well, I think there's a, yeah it, this year. Yep. As somebody who is not very informed on cryptocurrency, I'm going to talk about it for a second here. Nico's hot takes. Well, they're kind of not that hot. They're microwaved slightly. Uh, hot, hot pocket takes. Hot still, pocket still takes. Still a little cold in the hot pocket takes. I think, uh, I think we're re- reaching a point now where there's actual reckoning uh, coming up against cryptocurrency where, you know, it's a concept. Everybody's like, this is a cool concept. And now we're hitting the point. It's like, cool. Can you do anything with it? And obviously you can do things with cryptocurrency, but like now you need to start that process. It's kind of like a... It's like it's like the dot com bubble that happened in ninety nine. You know, it's like all these internet companies are popping up and it's like, cool, internet companies, this is definitely the future. It's like, yeah, you're right, it is the future. So which one of you guys are actually gonna start making products and making money? It's like, Ooh. Yeah. And everyone goes, uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like there's so many different coins out there. It's like which coin's gonna be Yahoo and which coin's gonna be well, Google. E- Ecuador did mm. just accept that uh, I believe they passed a bill that I don't think it's gone into effect yet. I, I could be wrong, but they just passed something that said we're going to accept it as currency nationally, hmm. which now has all these other global implications because now, say, if the United States recognizes the Ecuadorian currency, mm-hmm. well, then now also it needs to recognize Bitcoin um, right. because that is now a national currency, a national currency of that of that nation. Um, so it it's it's starting to bubble up. And it has been, and that's kind of what caused the initial run at the beginning of this year. And uh, but you're right; I think a lot of it's kind of now fatigue in terms of like, okay, now there was this huge run up. Now, now what? Yeah. And, now, now, like, if it's going to be a currency, well, there's a lot of things that a currency needs to do that none of the cryptocurrencies actually do. So it's like, okay, well, gotta solve that problem. But is that problem going to be solved for Bitcoin? Probably not. Bitcoin's a pretty old platform technologically speaking it's probably gonna be solved for different types of cryptocurrencies and so you got to kind of what's going to happen where who's going to actually turn it into a viable product that you can actually utilize who's going to come right. first network so you can exchange it easily you know you can't be you're you right be, it is it, it is like early days of, of dot com because they all they all are sort of tied to one another you know mm-hmm. when what when bitcoin goes up they all do and when bitcoin goes down they all do and that's mm-hmm. that's a very clear sign of people just looking at it as one industry <laughs> you know just going i mean I, yeah. I it's gonna bitcoin went down so that means everything else should yeah when eventually they'll de-link you know when, yeah. when those those actual products that you're talking about start to come to fruition i mean i've seen a lot of correlation between ethereum so far this year and bitcoin a couple oh, of years yeah. ago a few years ago like if you were to overlay the two graphs, they actually are very similar in like in their dips and, and rises, mm-hmm. uh, the frequency of them and the magnitude of them are very very similar. But you know we have the next several years worth of Bitcoin of data that we could just project for Ethereum. But the problem maybe is that work. we've only we only have one of those rounds with Bitcoin even, and that was in twenty <laughs> that was in twenty seventeen. Yeah. You know when it got super hot in twenty seventeen, and then it came down, and so. I, I, even the history of it, you know, we barely have any data sets. It's not like gold where it's like, mm. oh, we've had these data sets for, you know, as yeah. long as there's been gold. Speaking of Freddie, he had an awesome hot take on, uh, here, I, I okay, I have the tweet. Uh, he says, I have logically deduced the only way to become filthy rich off crypto you must forget you own crypto. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And to continue, it says, uh, to explain, there's an unknown percentage chance that whatever you own will eventually be worth an amount that makes you filthy rich. However, 
To get there, the price must climb. You, you will be tempted every second of every day to just take profit. <laughs> it's like, who among you can say you will turn down $300,000 in your pocket right now? I'm reading this in Freddie's voice in my head. <laughs> uh, I'm accidentally doing an impression. And it's, uh, his, hair's, his hair's going like this <laughs> when he's saying it. Uh, and yeah, and it's like, the only people who can res- resist that temptation are fanatics. Thus, non-fanatic crypto enthusiasts, I hereby offer a service where you pay me to hypnotize you <laughs> into forgetting you own crypto. I will send an email alert when your coin hits up hits your price target. A key phrase embedded in the email will cause your memories to come flooding back. <laughs> you will be shielded from the stress of a price climb or the psychic turmoil of losing all your money. If you I become mean, filthy rich, congrats. If not, here's, you won't even know. Here's, here's the thing, okay? Like, nobody becomes filthy rich off any one thing. Like, that's just not how it works, you know? I mean... Except for you the few your, lucky, lucky, lucky ones. But Yeah, sure. you have your outliers. Your outliers, you your, yeah. But... But still, like, logically speaking, you know, yes, you you could theoretically. I mean, my brother was telling me the other day there was some guy that he works with that bought Dogecoin mm-hmm. and he he bought a bunch of it. And then it went up to 75 cents and he had like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in profit and he didn't oh want to sell it. And now it's <laughs> oh, down. To, now it's down to 17 cents. Yeah. Um, and he just lost know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. In flat line. So People always I, forget I, the second stage, which is uh Sell the, high. The crash. <laughs> the buy crash. low, sell high. If you're like, I mean, buy I, low. I bought like... a bunch uh, of <laughs> Ethereum and Bitcoin back in early January. And so by the time like early May was hitting, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and then of course I didn't sell. And now it's like I'm back to basically how much I put in to begin with. Yep. Yeah. Well, you have to put that on a USB drive, forget about it for like a decade. And then come back to it. I think yeah. that's no, Freddy's. First, I have to dig it out of the landfill yes. that it eventually right. ends yeah. up in. Yeah, lose it yeah. for lose a decade. It first. Yeah. <laughs> then find and then it you again. have to. F- and then you have to find your passphrase, your seventeen-word passphrase. The seed phrase, yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the internet. I do feel like one of the things that perhaps has made cryptocurrency not clunky or cumbersome, but like, I think one of the issues facing it is the fact that it's referred to as a currency. And so just by the nature of that, you have a bunch of financial bros coming in and trying to make money off it, play the stock game off it, do the day trading off mm. it. And it's like, guys, it's it's not even a cryptocurrency yet. Like, it's not a thing yet. Like, <laughs> you're always you're always suddenly throwing millions and billions of dollars around and like fucking with this whole system. It's like, like, hold up, hold up. You guys all want to get rich quick. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, let's. <laughs> Let me just yeah, work on the technology not, for a bit. That's not how the world works, though. I know, you but know like better than that. <laughs> it's like you don't I, quite have that same like fanatical like pursuit of a technology happening elsewhere. Like, yeah, you know, there's money to be made in all sorts of you know sectors of technology. But like in the world of cryptocurrency, like that's what happened first. Listen, anytime you, know? you have anytime you have that much volatility with the amount of visible potential that crypto yeah. has i mean this happens in penny stocks this happens in dot coms this happens in marijuana stocks this happens in it happens <laughs> everywhere it happens across whether it's stocks or crypto or what or commodities whatever i mean not in commodities but anywhere um you, you're gonna get that and so i think it's just a matter of like balancing like hey uh, you know there's there's a long play but then there's also short-term short-term plays that you can make that are based on that volatility and and a lot of those people are, you know, they're they're making money on on both sides of it, you know, when mm-hmm. it's going up and when it's going down. Yeah. I just want to fly jetpacks. <laughs> you can fly a jetpack. <laughs> I want to fly another jetpack. <laughs> come on, Ray, you already flew one jetpack. How many more jetpacks do you want? He wants oh, to commute. On, He's trying to commute come with on, a jetpack. I want to I wanna commute to work on a jetpack. <laughs> Next will be, be so like, cool. I want to just like sleep with my jetpack on. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you ever think you'd say, I want to fly a jetpack, and you'd be retorted with, you already did? You already did. That's, <laughs> isn't that wild? I didn't, I didn't consider that. That's kind of, yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but back to that machine learning thing for a second. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think there is a huge impact. I met this dude at uh, the airport on Friday when I was flying home, and uh, he was a, he's a, I, I'm not going to get the exact title right but basically he works for facebook and his job is to come up with and to improve machine learning uh algorithms for facial recognition in pictures and stuff okay 
Um, and so he was going on and on about this and, uh, he, it was, it was interesting. Cause I, cause he's like, well, what do you do? And so I was talking to him about deep fakes. I was talking to him about somehow we use machine learning for VFX. And so we had a nice little conversation, but yeah, I mean, there's, he was explaining how there's entire teams called red teams at, you know, Facebook, Google, what have you, Amazon, and their job is to basically think like their competitors. Hmm. And so he was on one of these teams and within like the facial recognition side of some, you know, deep root of fa- of machine learning that they're doing with pictures. And so his job was to basically try to understand like how could somebody come in and either make this technology better or take it from us, you know, in ways that we may not have perceived. And so his entire job is to just do that, um, huh. which is crazy because there's these, you know, there's these people at these pretty high levels within these tech companies that are doing that. And, uh, you know, it gets to the point where it's hard for even someone like me who deals with this stuff somewhat regularly, you know, and to, to even follow all yeah. the things that he's going on about. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, man. Algorithms. It's dangerous. You, you over-optimize and you lose the chaos that makes life worth living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's well put. You can you can create digital drugs just by optimizing for every single little dopamine hit that triggers in your brain. TikTok. Okay. So, TikTok. TikTok. Literally TikTok. Free to play games. Uh video games used to be good. Oh, <laughs> One more thing. Um guys, it's episode ninety seven today. Uh, Whoa. but that but you know what that means. That means in three weeks it's episode oh. hundred. Wow. What are we gonna do? What we are we really episode? that many episodes in now? Dang. Yeah. So what we just hit the hundredth episode. episode. Oh, you know what's funny? Sorry to kind of break this off. We also recently had a hundredth episode VFX Stars React. Mm, wow. Or our one hundredth React episode, I should say. Yeah. Not necessarily VFX Stars React, but that was the episode that the red camera, the wide camera, was out of focus for the entire shoot. <laughs> Run that through Topaz Labs. Topaz, <laughs> I mean, actually, actually literally, you know, that would work. It's just, I found it kind of ironic, because I didn't, didn't even realize that was our 100th episode until I saw uh, Nick's Instagram story about it, like, episode 100, still going strong. And it's like, yeah, I guess it has been two years of us doing this. And uh, th- that was the same episode that, I guess, because... The way we have it set up, we have a couch and we have two cameras right in front of the TV and the cameras kind of block our view of the TV. It's kind of annoying, <laughs> yeah. to be completely honest. And uh, But it's just that's how it has to be to yeah. make it work. And the eye lines so, line up to the TV then. And the camera. So the main problem is that the red camera has this huge screen, you know, a big touch screen right above the camera. And that's the big flag in front of the it's like just fold it down. So what Nick does is he folds it down. But apparently... Uh, because we had been using the red on another project with the Unreal stuff that Sam was working on, it uh, some settings didn't get autofocus is on. Autofocus Ooh. was off on the lens, but it was you know on how in cameras the camera. are. Someone touches the focus ring, and all of a sudden it's unusable. <laughs> it was weird. It was so weird. So it's like the whole intro, the first like five or ten minutes were in focus, and then you could see the camera just like focus on the background and stay there for the entire Ooh. rest of like the two and a half hour shoot. Uh, was that this one? Was that the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one? It, it was one that came out recently, um, and we ended up, I, I think Chase edited the episode, maybe it was Dean, but ended up not using any of the red footage. <laughs> it was all just from the C100, Yeah, there which is, is the, the zoomed-in camera that whips around between us. There is no worse terror than filming like a three- or four-hour episode, hitting the end, and then looking over at like Nick or Dean, and they go, oof. I can't take a breath and they start poking us off. You're like, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I recorded it at one to one compression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've done that where it's like, ran out of space. We're like, not quite done. Oh, yeah. Or like, we, we did finish or something like that. And it was like, Nick was like, it ran out of space. What the heck? I recorded the whole thing at 120 frames oh, yeah. per second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember oh, that. It was like a couple hour episode yeah. at slow mo. <laughs> it was. Five, it was a 500 gigabyte file. Yeah. It filled the 512 gigabyte card. Man, we could just <laughs> speed the whole thing up yeah. and like re-encode it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they did. They yeah. they processed it yeah. so that it was actually like usable. But 
Yeah, I mean, I guess what I was getting at with bringing that story up is that it's even after 100 episodes, dumb mistakes still happen. Yeah. Also, even after 100 episodes, there's still so much to talk about. Yeah. Very true. We were like, how long are we going to be able to keep this up? And it's like, forever. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much stuff being created by people. Yeah. 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 And it's continuing to be. It's like created every day. We still have yet to do our Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man 2. That's true. Episode. The two, two, two. Mm-hmm. We haven't done. Uh, we haven't technically done the Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings yet. No, I haven't oh, yeah. either. There's, there's been can, a few. Can episodes we call like that this? episode "VFX Artists React to Spider-Man 2"? Spider-Man twos. Spider-Man We've had a couple ideas the, around this. If there's this one is, before it. Yeah, uh, there are a few ideas for the couch that we haven't done yet because we want to be able to actually put a little bit of research into it. The best episodes, in my opinion, are when we actually come to the table with some really cool insights yeah. about how things were done. And while still trying to maintain that sort of like reactionary, like, oh, whoa, that's cool, which is very easy to do because it's like you just look at something and it's like, what is your gut reaction? Play on yeah. that. And but being able to then go and and describe the context for why this looks the way it does or what was the challenge behind it? What makes this special? If we're just looking at something, we're having to guess. If we can actually go into something with research, it's less guesswork. The problem is that research takes time <laughs> and we're so busy doing all these other things. Usually what ends up happening is we get down. It's like, OK, uh, what are we looking at today? <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of scramble around for the first half hour, hour, just figuring out what we're going to look at. And then we do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, the part that I just really like about VFX artists react is there's still the aspect of. I have a cool clip I saw this weekend, and I can't wait to see how yeah. Ren and Sam react to it. <laughs> that is true. I mean, we do try to preserve some of the the unknown. So it's like I will research something that Nico doesn't, and then Nico will research something that the other two won't. And so then um, we still kind of have a little bit of that guesswork going yeah. on, which I really enjoy. Yeah. It was them natty reacts, dude. Yeah. Natty reacts. Oh, yeah. it was the, the ghost. Ghostbusters. 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 It was that episode that was the hundredth that was oh, okay. That oh, one Captain oh. Disillusion episode where he's like, look at them and they're entirely authentic reactions. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, those are authentic, Mr. D, Captain D. <laughs> Captain D. Maybe just turn it up a little bit, but <laughs> So yeah. Jake, yeah. podcast one hundred in three yes. weeks. Yeah. So we need to come up with something for it. We can't just do. I mean, we could just do a normal episode, but I can mean, we do I a live like one? We, we could do a live no. one. No. Okay. No. <laughs> we what could do a live we... one. I feel like we should play some sort of game that's sort of different than we can what cook we've done. a hot breakfast right here. <laughs> Rooster <laughs> Teeth does that. You know, I know that's why I said it. <laughs> I didn't think you'd catch on. Okay. I was yeah. gonna. It was gonna be my reveal, but you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah Rooster Teeth. A... They have. Uh, I, I forget if it's like once a year. I think every year on a certain day they have. They basically just cook up some pancakes and sausages and bacon. Yeah. Maybe it's just pancakes. Actually, I don't know. It's been a little while since I've seen them. Hmm. The last one I saw, it was just pancakes, and Bernie was adding all kinds of whatever people wanted into the pancake. And, oh, and nice. Then, yeah. And then he was serving them out. It was pretty funny. Hmm. Talk about old podcasts. <laughs> They've been in three different decades. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Kind yeah, of. Not really. Started in a dorm room. <laughs> yeah. Pretty well, awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Rooster Teeth. Yeah. And now I think Bernie lives in Australia, I think. Really? Wait, what? Or, or in Texas? I th- he- Australia or Texas? <laughs> what? You he might be. Austin? I think you mean Austin, Texas. Australia, Texas. <laughs> Australia, Texas. The old outback Why of Texas. Why did they move to Australia from California? I don't get it. <laughs> now, I get know, all these damn I know LA I might people seem out of really stupid right now, but I'm fairly certain because Bernie stepped away from the company last year, or maybe it was the year before that, at the end of the year, uh, to basically raise uh, his new son with his wife ashley okay um maybe maybe girlfriend i'm not exactly sure if what their relationship status is but he was basically just stepping away from the company and now i'm actually starting to talk about things i don't exactly know so I'm, i don't like this but uh yeah i thought there was something about him moving to australia because oh, yeah? ashley used to live in australia okay and and i thought they had moved there he he now has a ranch they have like emus and stuff really uh or not emus alpacas what do you call there's those guys? a lot of llamas? information llamas. i think he has llamas he's got like pigs he moves out this bird from australia though oh yeah they're birds yeah 
I don't think he has emus. <laughs> well, hopefully somebody can tell us in the comments. Maybe we can hit up. Ga- oh, they're going to correct us so quickly. Is. I got this all Let wrong. I know it. No. Why do I even talk about <laughs> Does Bernie ride kangaroos? Let us know in the comments. Have you guys ever seen a kangaroo in real life? Yeah, they're yes. muscular as hell, they by are the way. They're scary looking. Yeah. They are so muscular. Yeah. Did you ever see that video of the guy punching the kangaroo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he just goes up and he's like, <laughs> and the kangaroo's like, whoa. Oh I can't yeah. believe you did that. And they kind of stare at each other for a moment and then, like, oh, okay, I guess I'll run away now. <laughs> Those things will mess you up. I wouldn't want to yeah. do that. I hear they can rip your guts open with their feet. Yeah. That's what they Wait, do best. Really? Yeah, so they, they grab you with their little tiny T-Rex arms, yep. and they take the giant thing and go, and they, like, tear your stomach open with their toes. No, their claws really? on their yeah. toes. Yeah. yeah, dude. You know, like, oh, how a cat, when you play with its tummy, and it takes its hind legs, it goes, like, you know, yeah. scratch, scratch against your hands? Yeah. It's like that, but with your guts. Yeah. And, like, bodybuilder muscles. Yeah. Jeez. Like, they actually look toned and ripped. There's definition to their <clears throat> yeah. muscles, which yeah. is not something I commonly see on animals. <laughs> yeah, they look like they look like they hit the gym all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those small kangaroos. <laughs> yeah, Australia is such a weird place. <laughs> it really it's is, yeah. got some really messed up wildlife. They got Guys, the, you're talking got about real Austin, dragons. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we just got an Australia tangent now. Do you guys realize that we're the last generation to see the world go from having corners of it still be mysterious to being entirely mapped? What? Yeah, like when we were kids, there's still like parts of the world that were kind of dark and mysterious. Like satellites hadn't really taken pictures of it yet. Oh, okay. Like there's still uncontacted okay. tribes of people that had literally never oh, met that's true. modern that's true. human okay. society. I guess the ocean is the equivalent of that now. Yeah, I right? guess there's that the ocean. So, but there's nobody living under the ocean. Yeah, who cares? Supposedly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, and then with our time now, it's like the entire world. There's literally like, it's like you're playing an RPG. Or it's like you're playing Civilization. There's fog on the map. There's zero fog on the map. There was some mm. fog on the map when we were kids. There's no more fog. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Do it's you feel done. like you're in an episode of the Truman Show now? Because, I mean, that was his calling. I mean, there are three cameras pointed at me. Four cameras. Oh, my God. <laughs> so our workplace is the Truman Show. Five. <laughs> it's cool. There's a security camera looking at me out there right now. Everything's green screen around us. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything's a green screen around all right, well, let us know about episode 100. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll brainstorm. Yeah, leave a comment, yeah, leave a comment down below. That's yeah. what we should do for it. It's got to be something special. In the meantime. I was thinking about episode 100. <laughs> I like the guitar playing. You know what? For those of you guys listening, you said, I'm not a huge fan of musical intros. <laughs> Tough beans. <laughs> Tough beans. We're gonna I do like it. it every time. Jake plays these guitar songs for me. <laughs> you all get to just enjoy them also. Just sit back and relax. <laughs> all right, that's it. What? Come on, Jake. I... Oh, okay. All right. I'll do a whole song for you, Nico. Come on, yeah. take us higher. All right. Yeah. Can you take me higher? Can you take me higher? (laughs) 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 To episode 100 land. (laughs) There's gonna be birds just like Wren. There's gonna be (laughs) comments just like then. There's gonna be a whole 100 show. Can you take me higher? Episode 100, we go. Oh, that was pretty good. See, that's what I was looking for. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And three, two, one. Ah!